3: Welcome to The Line, the sports podcast from PR Week.
0: So welcome to the fourth episode of The Line, the PR Week sports podcast. Uh, myself and Danny Rogers here. Hi, Danny. Morning, Rich. How are you doing? I'm OK. I'm not too bad. We've got a good one today. We've got Arsenal Fan TV as the subject. And we've got Robbie Lyle, who's a ringmaster, a cast of characters as, such as Claude... Troops, DT, Mo, and Ty. I love Ty. Ty's my favourite.
2: <laughs> so fan TV here with Santi <laughs>
0: Here
2: with John Lydon. Here with do, 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 do. <laughs>
0: Danny Wilbick.
1: <laughs> I expect you, Wenger, and you to to end your resignation. With
0: and we have Lizzie Pollock, who is creative director of... Cake and, among other things, a Watford obsessive and a health and fitness podcaster oh, yeah. and blogger. <laughs> so we are good to go. Robbie, let's just talk about the last year because it's been pretty extraordinary. Yeah. Um, you are, it feels like, the sort of authentic voice of Arsenal fans. This is what you're doing full-time. Yeah. At what point did you think, OK, yeah, I'm, I'm giving the day job up and this is my full-time gig? Ooh,
2: I think it was about... About a year and a half ago, um, we sort of realised that, you know, it's it's got so big that I can no longer sneak out of work. Because I I used to work as a surveyor, so it used to be quite helpful because I'd be on the road a lot. So I could sneak to certain meetings and certain things, but then I realised that, no, I I need to do it full-time to really justify what we're doing, to to really give it justice. Um, So, yeah, I decided that... You know, I'm going to give up the daytime job and go into it full time.
0: And what what's been the, what are your your favourite bits of the last six months to a year?
1: Oh,
2: it's been so many, you know, because uh, you know, following your the team that you love around um, the world. Because um, we've been, even recently, we was in China, we was in Australia, and that, that was really great. I think, um, actually, we we did uh, we had a little spat with Gary Neville yes. uh, off of Sky, and uh, we got to then have a sit down and sort of thrash out our differences um, over a video, and that, that, that was a really good experience, you know, because you, you, know, you kind of come up and you see these guys playing football and... You know, I hate Gary Neville actually <laughs> played for Man United. But, um <laughs> yeah. you know and uh What did he it, say? But, what
0: was it what was the start of the row?
2: Well how the row started, it was sort of that clash between traditional media and what we're doing. So it was a game where we played Chelsea and uh yet again uh, we've been beaten by Chelsea um at Stamford Bridge and a lot of fans were very upset about it. And I think he came out of the ground at the time and uh he'd seen like uh, fans, you know, ranting and having a bit of a go at Arsene Wenger. And he kind of laid into the fans and he laid into us as well on Arsenal Fan TV. He said, oh, it was embarrassing the way I saw fans carrying on, you know, voicing their opinions about the manager. And So I kind of took a bit of exception to that because I was like, well, hold on. It's all right for you guys to say whatever you've got to say about Arsenal. But when an ordinary fan comes out and says what he has to say what why you know what is it are we not allowed to have our say why are we embarrassing why why are you guys not embarrassed why is Paul Mercer not embarrassing them for saying the same sort of things on Sky and then we sort of went back and forth on Twitter and it blew into a big storm and then uh, a few days later Sky got in contact with me and said well listen would you guys like to sit down and talk about it I said yeah I would right we've got we've got and a clip it's on it's happening we've got Gary Neville here and first of all I've got to say you know thanks for you know, hosting us, thanks for agreeing to this because I didn't think you'd agree to it initially. First of all when you said that Arsenal fan TV thing, I was like, well, it's a bit like you're kind of looking down on us in a way. The word thing is probably more, um,
0: I'm probably more regretful over that than anything else, because to be honest with you, in terms of the actual, um, what I saw after the, Stanford, after the Chelsea game, was loads of stewards, hundreds of Chelsea fans, Some guy in the middle of it, with an Arsenal scarf on, abusing Arsene Wenger. Um, A massive commotion. It was provocative, to be honest with you. What was his general demeanour? How did he come across to you? He was a very nice guy, unfortunately. You know, you carry that hatred of a of a player. No,
2: he was a great player, of course. Um, No, he was a. You know what? Fair play to him. He listened to to what um, we had to say, and I think that you know he there was an acceptance on his part that. You know we do represent a modern type of uh, media and um you know he he didn't agree with everything we said which i didn't expect him to but um yeah i thought we came to kind of a, a good kind of compromise on it um and as i said you know it was basically a, a clash of traditional media which obviously he's he's a, a big part of and a very good part of and us who like i, I think we're a different type of media because uh one of the things that we've allowed is that we've allowed an ordinary fan at Arsenal. He doesn't have to have any followers on Twitter. He doesn't have to come from a media background. He doesn't... All he has to be is an Arsenal fan. And if he's an Arsenal fan and he wants to state his opinion on the team, he can do it on our, our platform. And that's one of the things we've been very proud of. That You know, I think we're... Because even before, previously you've had blogs and stuff like that and yeah. so. They've been a bit clicky, some of them, where, you know, it's only if if you're a guy who's got a big social media presence or you write for a newspaper or something, you can come on. But we allow anybody, as long as you're an Arsenal fan and, you you know, you want to have your say on the team, you can do on our platform.
1: So, Robbie, you're, in a way, a threat to old media because you're taking uh, a huge amount of viewers that possibly could... Uh, watch their programming. Tell us a bit about just how many people view your content each week. Oh, so I'd, I'd say
2: each, if, if I'd broken it into each month across all our platforms, I'd say probably about 25 million um, people across all the platforms we're on would you know, be viewing our stuff. Um, on YouTube every week, probably up towards about four to five million. Um, people watch our content. So, and How um, has
1: that grown over the last couple of years or so?
2: Yeah, it's been incredible growth over the past few years. I mean, it was steadily growing anyway. Um, you, I think this is like our fifth season that we're going into. But yeah, the last couple of seasons, it has really, really taken off. I think probably in the early days, it was probably just Arsenal fans. Now I'd say, as well as Arsenal fans, there's many fans of other clubs. Because a lot of fans I speak to, they're like... Do you know what I see? A lot of people on Arsenal Fan TV, and we've got the same type of fan at our club. So I can really relate to that fan. I can, you know, and you guys, you know, the the, the thing that I'm told a lot is that you guys are real. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's you're real fans talking about your club from the heart. It's passionate, and that's why I think a lot of fans of other clubs really, you know, resonate.
1: With yeah, me. I was going to ask you actually. Have you seen a lot of <coughs> um, of copycat fan TVs? Uh, spring up. You're seen as the leader, I believe.
2: Yeah, it wasn't actually the first one. Um, um, there was Red Men TV, which is a, a Liverpool fan channel. They've been going for longer than us. Kind of a different format to us in that they didn't really use to interview fans outside grounds like what we did. Um, they're more studio based, but they've been going for longer than us. And there is there's Man United ones, there's Chelsea ones, West Ham got a very good one. Well, I, listen. I I think it's a positive thing. I don't look on it negatively. I don't think they're. I don't look on it like copycats. I, I look You've got like, your own audiences, I guess. Yeah, you know, they, they got the fans of their clubs, and I think a lot of fan bases are very different. Um, Arsenal fans are pretty unique. Uh, a lot of people say we moan a lot. I don't think. I don't actually think we do moan any more than any other fan. I I just think that. Because we're there now, Arsenal Fan TV, you get to see us moaning a lot more. But, you know, we don't moan any more than
0: any other fan, in my opinion. Lizzie, are you a, what, um Arsenal Fan TV? Has Watford got something similar going on?
3: Um, we have bits and pieces going on, but perhaps not quite to the scale. You know, there's a there's a brilliant podcast um, from the rookery end. But um, I'm quite envious, actually. I wish there was a bigger platform um and and like danny said it's not competition because every club has its own audience and that's what i like about it um no but what you were saying about authenticity i think is really interesting because um actually if you rock up to watford on a match day one of the most visible presence um presences there is the 1881 which is the fan run organization which um you know, um, organises everything from those giant banners. So we, ha- you might have seen one on Saturday that we that unveiled was a, big a new banner. one. It was impressive, wasn't it? <laughs> but that is all run mm. by fans for fans, um, mm. and obviously the clubs involved to a certain extent. But it just, I think that's what's so u- unique about something like football is the passion that people put into it. Just like you said with your job, you know, going off to start Arsenal Fan TV. These people all have full time jobs, but they spend every spare moment thinking mm. about right. How can we make this a better club to support? How can we support the sport even better? <coughs> I think Excuse it's a good me. thing, but
0: yeah. What? Um, what's sorry, Danny said crossover. But what's the what's the relationship? Lizzie there mentioned the club and the involvement. What's your relationship with the club like?
2: Uh, I th- I, don't, I don't think we have a, a bad relationship with the club. I wouldn't say, uh, you know, we. I don't know. It's hard to describe. I mean, I, I've met before with. Um, you know, the director of communications there. I've met before with uh, Ivan Gazidis. I remember um, two seasons ago I was over in L.A. and um, Arsenal's over there on the tour. And we spoke at, um, at Lemp, actually, and he said to me, he goes, listen, I like what you guys do, even though I get a lot of stick on it sometimes. But he goes, you know, he goes, I like the fact that, you know, you give fans a chance to, to have their opinion. And he, thinks, he, he said to me, you think, he thinks that's a good thing. So um I'm not sure they almost always happy with us after a bad defeat because we do allow fans to be very open and honest about the performance of the team and players etc and probably uh, there's no other club where it's as open as we are but um you know I, I, we don't have a bad relationship um with the club I mean I, I as I've always said to them all we want is for the club to be successful and, and you know That's that's just us, really. But we want to be able to also be independent that we give fans a chance to to, to have their opinions.
1: I want to ask you both about the uh, commercial side of things, because obviously, Robbie, you have now become uh, a media organisation, you know, with that Mm -hmm. sort of audience. Um, How do you deal with people who approach you for commercial tie-ups?
2: Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, that has been one of the things, say, you know, over the past couple of years that, you know, that now a lot of commercial deals do sort of come our way. We obviously we kind of vet them. They, they have to be things that we feel are going to work with us. So at the moment, we are currently um, got a sponsorship deal for the season with Labrooks. That the, the way in which it's been structured sits very well alongside our content. Um, it's just... You know, we, yes, we get a lot of deals coming our way, but we're kind of like it has to work with what we're doing, um, because you know we don't we don't want it to be. It still has to be about the fans, as far as we're concerned on on the content that we're doing.
1: And do Ladbrokes? What's the nature of the deal with Ladbrokes? Do they have any say over direction or editorial content?
2: They have no say um, whatsoever over our content. Um, they they trust us in the type of content that we put out um there are obviously a, f- a few terms and conditions to the type of content that comes out but that's the just to be expected you know on the abuse and things like that um but basically they've said to us listen um we just want to put our brand in to your content we like what you do um we like your numbers obviously and um yeah they're they're, they're they come up as sponsors of our content and uh yeah, the, it's is that a very
1: a set time period. It's a year or two years. Or we've something?
2: we've at the moment got a season long deal with them. Okay. So um, yeah, we're working with them for this season. Um, we did work for them for two months of last season as well. But yeah, it's been a very good deal actually.
1: And I was going to ask you about product placement and maybe bring uh, Lizzie into that. Do you ever have any product placement on your show?
2: We we, uh, we I'm speaking to somebody at the moment actually about some
1: um, product placement,
2: but um, we haven't actually done it before, but we have got um, a couple of people interested in that at the moment, so.
1: So all that you know. nice sportswear you wear, that's purely out of your own choice.
2: <laughs> it is actually, it is. Um, so um, I, we, we sell some of our own products as well. So we've got our own sort of Arsenal fan TV brand, so a lot of times uh, I wear a lot of our own brands, and then a lot of the other times I'm just wearing what I want to wear. <laughs> you know, at the moment. So, what about
0: Ty? He likes a lot of merch, doesn't
2: he, Ty? He likes a lot of merch. It has to be Arsenal, though. Um, you know, he loves his... Uh, it, it, he's the most passionate uh, Arsenal and incredible Arsenal fan you'll ever meet in your life. Um, but, yeah, he... On a match days. that's like his... Uh, it's almost like, you know, people have superstitions and that. His one is he has to wear all the Arsenal <laughs> he walks around like the shop
1: quite lucrative for the shop <laughs> <laughs> he's the black Tony Pulis
2: I tell you, you know what I mean? <laughs> but you know head to toe in all uh, Arsenal merchandise but yeah listen he's a passionate fan he is they've yeah, just beaten us we there. us 3-0 down at half time how can you be positive now positive that listen I don't know. They, we had a
0: bad bad start but Hector gets in a brilliant ball Olivier equalises it's a different game Lizzie, let's talk about, so it's it's tricky ground sometimes. You're getting lots of conversations with brands about influencers and fan TV. What's, what are the pros and cons, do you think?
3: The, the influencer thing is a really interesting question. First of all, I'm not sure how I feel about the word influencer, but, you know, we're stuck with it, so we'll go with it for now. <laughs> um, I think it's really tricky because what Robbie was saying about authenticity we all know when it comes to um, particularly in the world of influencers authenticity is key because consumers are so savvy nowadays Um, and equally you know there's got to be some sort of value exchange whenever you enter into any kind of oh god I hate this but conversation (laughs) with a brand you know you want to feel like there's there's some sort of value and you're not just being sold out sold at constantly and I think um, some brands have really nailed it in terms of how they use influencers and others perhaps not so much so like, for example, I think personally Adidas, um, or Adidas, yeah. depending on your <coughs> persuasion, um, is one brand who's really doing it well across all its categories. Um, football, I don't know if you know what they do with um, things like Tango League. So with young footballers where they, um, in a nutshell, I'm probably doing it disservice by just describing it in a sentence, but it's about getting... Um, mostly sort of teenage footballers um, to compete against each other in this sort of new form of football and what they do is um, when you play it with your team you get um, a score which is based not only about your performance and your skills on the pitch but also your sort of social following and your influence etc. But particularly in women's fitness so this morning I actually went down to um, the Adidas studio so they've set up this pop-up fitness studio on Brick Lane which is really interesting because all the classes are completely free, um, but they're all well, mostly run by influencers, what you might call fitness influencers. So people that have really considerably grown their their fame and their um, sort of uh, notoriety by being influencers. So, um, and I think that's fascinating because I don't think that would have happened five years ago. You know, so they're not
0: fitness instructors. Well, we
3: they they are um, they are they do have qualifications, but actually their main um, sort of um, they have high profile accounts and whether they're Instagram or YouTube people. And it's, you know, it's all designed around um, comms and and, um, the fact that I go down there, the whole studio is built around, you know, Instagramable moments, it's run by influencers, I mean, it's great, though, because the value exchange is really high because I'm getting a free, really good workout, which, you know, in London you'd pay 20 quid for a class. But equally added, is getting the, the you know the, um, the PR, I suppose, off the back of it. So I think, I think they do it particularly well, but it's got to be about that value exchange. It's got to it's be... It's got to be believable, hasn't it? Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, there's no point in just having um, someone with a considerable following saying, hey, guys, check out this great new energy drink. And that's it. It's It's a flash in the pan. It's the A word, isn't it? It's authenticity. I know, which is why I was really interested to hear whether you, uh, when it got to that point, when you got to that tipping point of getting involved with brands, how you managed to keep it authentic and how did you wrestle with that in your head about, you know, should we be doing brand deals or not?
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, it, I, I, I've just come, from, I just come from it that it has to be believable, it has to be authentic, it has to be something that's going to kind of match what we do. So, you know, as long as it does that, and I think as long as the brands are prepared to kind of work with us, which um, on this one, Labrats have been very good, they've been mm. prepared to work with us. Um, we've had other um, brands um, in the past. Suggesting certain things, and I'm like, that's just not gonna work. You know, mm. it's just like. Such you know, as. I don't, want to really say, I don't want to say Can who use they code are. names. <laughs> <laughs> it's been, a, you know, because uh, in in the football circles, we you get a lot of betting brands. Mm. So I remember we had one betting brand, for instance, and uh, they were cold calling lots of people who signed up um, through coming to us, and I was really disappointed with that because I was like, you know. That's not what you said you were going to do in the first place, and you know. But if I think if brands are willing to work with us, sometimes we'll make suggestions to them, and say, you know, we think like what you were just suggesting there. You know, if 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 you work with us and you you come up with ideas, that are going to kind of give back something to the fans. They will receive it better rather than you're just you know hitting them, hitting them, hitting them with stuff like that. They're just like. They, they, you could have it on there they might just turn off they, they're not interested in it so make it engaging uh, make it fit the content that w- um, that we already have on, on the channel and I, I think people will engage with it because you are right with influencers and I, I know a lot of the other U- the big YouTube influencers and you know people do it, it, they can literally say to someone I drink this and a lot of people would drink it because mm. they have said so but It has to be believable.
1: It must be tricky for you because this is now your. you say you've given up your previous career this is now your business this is now your life so you've got to make it work commercially right?
2: Yeah and and that's what I said it is a balance you know because you know you don't want to the people that follow you you don't want them to become fed up with what you're you know doing because you're just slaughtering them with a load of ads so That's why, for me, it's more about quality of ads rather than quantity. It's it's all about, you know, things that are going to fit what we do. Um, Mm. And if we can find that balance, we're more than happy to do it because, obviously, we do have bills to pay. We do have to, you know, we pay for all our own tickets, travel. I mean, I've got to get to um, Belgrade tomorrow. You know, we have to pay for these things, you know, Mm. and to bring that content to people, we do have to pay for this. So, um, and, you know... you you get revenue off of YouTube but it's not lots and lots of what people think it is so um, but there is a balance
0: what's what's gone wrong then with why has the gap appeared that you're filling what's gone wrong with mainstream media coverage of football
2: mainstream media coverage of football um, I feel some of it is still great you know like uh, you know it's um but then there's other parts of it that you know i think people have become a bit fed up of um and, I, I, and also i feel that it's just changed you know we're living in a time of social media where anybody can pick up their phone and you know anybody can have their say on things so for instance i always look on it like this uh, you've got a game right so you before the game uh, people like us uh, on, on Fan TV and other um, you know, social media, we're having a massive conversation.
1: There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're
2: hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part, for every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness.
3: Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code
0: ACAST.
2: Building up to the game, talking about it, who should be selected, who would you be in your 11. We're talking about it all along. Then the game comes along, Then that's when TV they kick in because they got the rights yeah. to the game. So they show you the game and they do that brilliantly. But once that game's finished, we then, and throughout even throughout the game, we're talking about it on social media again. If you ever watch somebody nowadays, um, especially younger people, when they're watching a game of football, they're constantly on their phones, sending messages to their friends, looking at you know um, what other people are saying about the game as they're watching the game.
1: Makes you, makes you wonder how they can watch it properly. Yeah, I know, <laughs> I know.
2: But it's completely different. That that is something that never used to happen. Mm. And then now, when the game finishes and uh, the, the the all of the um you know the rights have been shown by you know uh, your skies or your BT, that conversation now is continuing on again. So, again, that's where we kick in and other social media platforms where everybody is talking about the game. And not just an hour after, like they do on TV. For hours and hours and hours, we are talking about the game. We're discussing how Richarlson died for the penalty for Watford. No, sorry. I don't know why I said
3: yes. I think I'm still talking about
2: it, but I'm not saying that. But we'll still be talking about these things, like you know, for days after. And that is where I feel there's been this big change. And that is where I feel like the established media have not got to grips of that. They don't know how to cover that part of it very well. They know how to cover the game brilliantly. They do that really, really well. But they don't know how to cover that conversation that happens afterwards. Sometimes they, it's almost like there's a fear of letting fans be open yeah. about certain things it's like oh well we can only get an ex-player to talk about that well hold on what about the fans these guys invest their time their money their effort into getting to games and that you know and there's and also with football there's loads of issues around football and you know ticket prices uh one ones that we've been talking about this morning is a there's this proposed. That they're going to play the arsenal versus liverpool game on christmas eve yeah. mm. you know these are big big conversations that are being having by fans you know and i don't think sometimes traditional media deal with that part of football very well and that's kind of where we've been able to come in. And It's good. It's a good you know, thing
1: because it's making football more democratic because if, yeah. if there's a fans' revolt against the game on Christmas Eve, for example, then mm. maybe the clubs have to listen to that or maybe the media companies have to yeah, listen to Yeah, and once upon it. a
2: time, they probably wouldn't have had to have listened to it or yeah. they would have had to have listened to it for about an hour and then they could have just... But now, it's going to be continuing on because people will be talking about it. It will continue on as long as they are talking about it. So, um, yeah, mm. that, that's been the revolution
1: in football, I feel. Mm. So, Lizzie, is this the end of traditional media as a marketing channel?
3: I, I don't think so. I, I, Richard's question was what's gone wrong with traditional media and football, but I don't think it's gone wrong at all. I think there's a place for everything. I think mm. social media has completely transformed my football and my match day and my fan experience, but in a good way. There's just more, as you say, there's more access. I've made friends, well, I say friends in inverted commas, but I... I've made friends with people on social media, uh, Watford fans I would never have met in real life. Do, do um, they
0: know that they're friends? In inverted commas, or are they? do well, they? Do they, do they they're we, friends' <laughs> friends. <or? laughs>
3: but, but people that I, you know, I talk to my boyfriend about, and we refer to them as their handles rather than their actual names because we don't actually know their real names. But yeah. we talk to them all the time, you know, just about uh, you know the, the football stuff. But um, I just think it's completely transformed. You know, there used to be a very set ritual: as you'd wake up, you'd stick on Soccer AM. Then you might go to the pub, you'd go to the game, go home, watch match of the day, go to bed. And now, as you say, it's, it's incessant, it's constant, which mm. is a good and a bad thing, because it's always there if you want it. It can be hard to escape sometimes. But I think it's just, I think it's only a good thing. And I think if clubs and brands can find a way to work with these vociferous fans in a positive way, then it's, the potential is, is massive. Um, so I still, I still think there will always be a place for traditional you know, football media.
0: There's a sort of... I Yeah, I think I do. Because also...
3: Sorry, Rich, just... Because on. on that point, I love hearing what, I don't know, Bob, who lives down the road in Watford, has to say about a game. But at the same time, I also want to know what Henry Winter thinks about it yeah. because mm. he's been doing it for however long yeah. and, and there's that level of knowledge and experience mm. and, and so there's place for both of them I want to hear what the fans think but I do want to have that level of, of authority which arguably comes from someone who's mm. in a position of power at that's what I was saying media. to Gary
2: Neville I was saying listen Gary okay, you can tell us about football because you from a footballer's perspective because you played the game so there's certain things that you can tell us right, that we've never experienced we never ever will right but We can also tell you certain things about football Mm. that you've never experienced standing there watching it. You know, you don't know about our journey home after, Mm. you know, when we've just lost the game. Mm. Do you know about that? You know, that journey back from Bayern Munich when you've been beaten, you know, by five goals to one the second time. You know, Mm. do you know about that? That's what we can tell you about those sort of things, how a fan feels in that situation. Mm. You could tell us how the players feel in the dressing room. So, I think there's a place for, I agree with you 100%, for both types of media. Um, I do get really puzzled sometimes why the clubs, for instance, um, in particular, don't work more with organisations like us and other people that are doing, you know, I I think they're missing a massive opportunity. Um, Mm. We're not against them. um, And we're always going to be independent and say our thing, but there's areas where we should be working together. I mean, there's a lot of good things, for instance, at Arsenal that they do. They could use our platform to highlight that. I don't think they do that enough.
3: The Line is sponsored by Cake, the Havas Sport and Entertainment Agency. What's
1: the future for... Your show, where did what's the limit? You know, how big can it get? <coughs>
2: Excuse me. Um, I don't know. I, I think, uh, I think it can continue to get way bigger than what we are now. I think, uh, you know, football's a worldwide game, you know. So, um, with us, we just want to keep, you know, producing good content. There's uh, we've got lots of ideas. For other forms of content, we've got lots of ideas about involving people around the world because I've had so many fan groups get in contact with me from different parts of the world saying, Hey, we're a big arsenal group in Kenya, we'd like to do something similar and send you content. Groups in Australia, you know. So I think, you know, who knows where this journey it's a Global is gonna...
1: media empire. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know.
2: Yeah, maybe you never know. I've, I, I mean, you know, it's it can really become much bigger than what it is now. I feel
0: right. I've got and so just along the same lines, So you've got people. You've got your as I say the the regulars, your clauds and your your troops and DTs. They're their own. They've got their own channels. Yeah. Now is that under the same umbrella? Are you doing it together, or are you are they doing that separately?
2: They, they've sort of done that separately. So they've they've gone away and they've uh, set up their own channels um, separately. So um, it, whilst we do help them because obviously we've got a lot of expertise in it, but um, that is sort of, you know, they've done that. But um, we are working together on many other things now. I mean, one of the things we're working on at the moment is um, is an app um, that we're hoping that this when this app comes out, uh, you'll be able to find um, a lot of content on the UFF app where we'll all be, you know, different teams of different clubs will be able to be found on there and different influences around football. So and who's
0: is that you controlling that? Is that or is that a a congregation of other clubs? That's um
2: that's a congregation of different clubs coming together under this one app, um, which is going to be called UFF, and uh, which stands for United um, Football Fans. And you'll be able to get onto that app, and you'll be able to see um, fans of various different clubs. So West Ham fans, Chelsea fans as well as our content, and then, like, influences like a DT and things like, with their vlogs and yeah, yeah. things like that. So that should be – that's going to be really interesting and when got that like comes a,
0: Is that a, a, something you've got a cut in? Is that something you're, help, you're helping build?
2: Yeah, that's something we're helping to build. Okay. Yeah, we're helping to build out – yes, um we have got something to do with that. Um And, you know, I think if that's something that can become really big as well, you know, if we, we can – get people because obviously you know, you've know you got all these uh, social media platforms um, in an ideal world you want your own not, not that we're going to leave any of the social media platforms sure. we're always going to be there we're always going to have a presence there but if you've got a, a central app where a football fan can come to and find all as well as Arsenal he can find other content from other clubs because the thing is as football fans we're interested in other clubs as well yeah. even though we might not admit it you know, I'm interested to see what a Tottenham fan, if it's got to say careful, about his it. club, or a Chelsea fan, or careful. a Man United <laughs> fan, Liverpool. You know, you are, you are. Yeah, because we're all in the Premier League, so you know, it all has an effect.
0: So well, some of those you've named uh, are in the Champions League as well, then. Yeah, don't mention that right now. <laughs> <laughs>
2: You um, know, Tottenham fans on their way to uh, <laughs> Madrid. with Arsenal fans going to Belgrade to for, to to fight. Yeah, yeah, well, it's yeah, Thursday. It. <laughs> you, yeah,
0: look, 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 look. you have to look forward to Thursday, eh, bro?
2: You, you um, can tell he's a Tottenham fan, can't <laughs> you? <laughs> I'm just going to rub it in occasionally. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, just to, uh, so I'm interested in the um, the the way in which you choose the people that came on initially, because you've got you know you're, you've got some big characters on there. Yep. Were they? Do you think that they're they Were big characters anyway, and you just you got lucky, or were they? Are you encouraging them to be sort of almost caricatures of, the, of, of themselves? Right, so, we n-
2: we've we never chosen anybody to come on to Arsenal fan TV. I didn't know any of these people, right? So, um, <clears throat> we just there and we're a platform for ordinary football fans, and you can just come on if you've got something to say. Guys like DT Troops have come on, they've been very charismatic, um, guys. People have wanted to see more of them. They've probably gone away seen that, you know, a lot of people viewed their things and they got a really great reaction and then they've come back. And then over time, they've kind of turned into characters. But we are basically there and will always be there for any fan. So, you know, it doesn't matter who you are. I got an email um, a couple of days ago about a fan that we interview who's um, a blind fan. He's been coming on recently. And uh, the guy that interviewed me, he's a blind person as well. He said, Robbie, I like the fact that you've not mentioned at all that he's blind. You just interview him. And I said, well, he's an Arsenal fan. And that's all I'm concerned about. I don't care who you are. If you're an Arsenal fan and you want to have your say, you can come on and have your say on Arsenal Fan TV. And as you said, there's been certain people that they have kind of, you know, people really like to hear what they have to say. So they've kind of become regulars, but it is there for everybody.
0: And in terms of the, obviously, I again I'm a Spurs fan, um, but I I love it. But I really loved it when you were rowing about Arsene Wenger. So, yeah. and I'm just wondering if you, the, if the model is based on division and unhappiness, you you know, you, yeah. well, there there is real excitement and tension in there, and whether or not it would work. You know Watford does it. There's a lot of unhappiness at Watford, obviously, on a daily basis. Well, well not <laughs> a like Man City at the minute. moment, for example. You know they're they're steamrolling everyone. I'm just wondering that that mm. moment of tension played really well for you, and and whether you yeah, can going mean, on that. I mean,
2: you know what? Um, the the thing is, right? Well, so we get we get, this is a question that I get put to me all the time, and um, so I what I'd say, for instance, is we over the last say six games have still been getting the same amount of views. And people watching our channels, but we haven't lost. We didn't lose up until Saturday. We've been winning. It was a streak of uh, we have seven games. We won six of them. So it's not just people are not just coming on because we lose. You may do as a Tottenham fan. You may be right. Oh, I don't want to see anything to do with Arsenal. Sort of list. they lose, and I can, I can understand that. But most fans are coming on because I think they look on it and they say these are real football fans. And I appreciate real football fans, and I'm going to go on and watch it. We do get accused sometimes. Some people do say, "Ah, oh, you know." Some of our own fans sometimes have said to me, "Ah, oh, Robbie." Um, so there was a guy on uh, when we lost against Watford. He said to me, when "Why?" <laughs> <laughs> you're ganging up on me you oh, know what I mean? I and uh, yeah, he... <laughs> Well, no,
3: if you remember the FA Cup semi-final two years ago. Oh, here we go. As well, here we go. <laughs> Sorry, Salah Troidini. Now he's
2: been texting me <laughs> saying that. Now, um, yeah, and and you know, he was saying to me, Robbie, you shouldn't do it today. I said, well, why not? Because we lost. So I said, well, why didn't you say that to me last week when we won, uh, when when we beat Brighton? I said, are you going to go and are you going to watch TalkSport? Are you going to listen to Five Live with people moaning on there? Are you, are you going to pick up a newspaper? He said, yeah. So I said, well, what's wrong with us letting real fans talk about it? He said, oh, yeah, I suppose you've got a point. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, yeah. we're, we're there and I'm just looking at it. That we're, we're a consistent platform. We can't turn off when we lose. We've got to be there, win, lose, draw. You know, nil-nils, which is the worst results. Those are the only results, really, on Arsenal fan TV when you do see a bit of a dip in numbers. And I think it's the same for TV, because if you notice, a nil-nil draw, Man United versus Liverpool at the weekend, nil-nil, last game on Match of the Day. Yeah. Went from being the game that we all mm. were looking forward to watch and all the hype and that to being the last game on Match of the Day. So, it's, you know, it's no different for us than than any other platform. And... Um, w- whether I mean I'd like to see another invincible season for Arsenal you know and you know people would still be coming on and we'd be overjoyed then and you'd still find a few fans moaning because I remember (laughs) when we had that invincible season at Highbury there was this Scottish guy sitting um, in front of me he used to moan every week about Thierry Henry (laughs) (laughs) I wonder I often wonder if he's if he's still around at the Emirates now I tell you I wouldn't want to be sitting anywhere near him what he'd
1: be saying now you know I've got a, I've got a suggestion for you, Troy Deeney TV. What do you think?
3: I mean, I'd tune in. Troy's brilliant on, uh, on TV.
1: Talk about authentic.
3: Yeah.
2: He, I, I met him a couple of weeks ago. Um, they had the launch of FIFA 18, and he was there. And I have to say, he was a really, really nice guy, really honest. Mm. And yeah. I was actually just saying that to him. God, Troy, mm. you should, you should do a YouTube channel. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know why. As well, that's another thing. I don't know why. Like some of the players. You know, they can be media guys themselves yeah. as well, yeah. you know, and that's yeah. a, that's another thing that maybe in the future we may be looking yeah. to try and, you know, sort of a consultancy or sort of yeah. advise some players on how they could do it. Because, you know, you've got lots of players at the moment and they're like, oh, when my career finishes, I'd like to break into media. I'm like, well, you, you could do it right now yeah. yourself.
3: And the savvy ones are the savvy ones who know how to mm. use Instagram or uh, Facebook, or whatever, to their advantage. They, they do it really well, and it's great for fans because you get mm. access to players which you would never have got ten years ago. You know,
2: the savvy right. ones, but then you've got a lot of them that really they've just got little companies running their accounts, and they just tweet out the same old thing. And the, yeah, but, but I think but fans they can can see actually, that they could actually they could actually build their own media company. It's, you know somebody, let's say a Mesut Özil. Could build his own. He's so popular on on Twitter. Not maybe not on the picture at the moment, <laughs> but on Twitter and Instagram. And that. He could build his own media company. But you'll still have players saying, oh, when I have finished, I want to be able to get onto match of the day." I'm like, well, you can already do it yourself mm. with your own platform.
3: Yeah,
2: it's, that's the change. What's happened mm. now in social media?
0: Mm. How do you do it so quickly after the match? Finishes, so you watch the match, and then you're doing You know, it's what's the just the logistics of it? How do you get out?
3: Well, don't Arsenal fans all leave at 80 minutes anyway?
0: <laughs> That's true. I what's mean, going on here? I've seen that when I've been to the Emirates. <laughs> no, no, no. You, see, you see.
2: <laughs> um, no, listen, I always, you know, me, I always stay till the end as well. I, I, I never leave, early. even when he's getting beaten 60 by Chelsea, <laughs> I'm still there till the end, but um, we just kind of do it on the spot. So, again, with modern technology, um, it enables you to, you know, do a lot of things that once upon a time you would have needed vans with satellite dishes on top and stuff like that. Because of modern technology, you can do things quicker if, you know, you can fi- find your ways around a lot of things. I'm not going to reveal all the little secrets <laughs> of how we do it um, because that's one of the things that kind of makes us... Helps us a lot the fact that we get our stuff out very quickly, but we basically it boils down to the fact that we do it there and then, we don't move, we get it done there and then. Um, and it could because it is so important to have that content out as quickly as possible after the game. Because as I said, as soon as the game's finished, everybody's talking about it, and you yeah. have to be in that conversation. There's no point in having a video that comes out six hours after everybody's already... Mm. ah, We spoke about that six hours ago, mate. Well, don't want to hear about (laughs) it now. You know, so it is all about, yeah, speed. And we're all... We're constantly working on ways to get it quicker and quicker and quicker.
0: What about the... I mean, the image of the Emirates today is a fairly quiet place it's you know there's that criticism isn't there it's all very corporate and it feels mm. like the atmosphere is lacking and that's quite often the case it's a fair know? criticism is it well it's a fair it's just it's the highbury library it's the, yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> but then um that's a Chelsea fan talking about <laughs> no, I no. you've never been to Stanford Bridge <laughs> but the um there's a but then you're the antithesis of that so the the fans are, can't wait to voice their opinions. So you've got two very different images of Arsenal fans, haven't you? have got the ones that the, the sort of stereotype the Arsenal, you know, uh, Emirates library, but then mm. what you're presenting is a completely different tone of voice, but it's also levels of engagement are completely different, it feels.
2: Yeah, I suppose that's why you don't believe in stereotypes because, you know, the fans there, I think the fans there want to be more vocal. There's a lot of problems around atmosphere at Arsenal at the moment, which is a. Uh, something that we're looking to try and see what we can do about. Um, that's a big issue at Arsenal at the moment. But yeah, I mean, listen, I, the fans are the same as fans of most clubs. In the, you know, They want their club to succeed. They want their club to be the best. We can be very fickle. We know that, fans. Um, but I think basically most fans in the Premier League Are very very similar. We we started doing a thing recently where we try to, as well as interviewing Arsenal fans, we try to interview a few of the away fans as well, and that's always really interesting because you'll interview an Arsenal fan and they'll be like, "Oh, Theo Walcott, he's useless. You know, we should sell him, get rid of him. This guy's a waste of space." And then you'll interview an away fan and he's like, "Wow, Walcott." When he got the ball, every time he got the ball, I was frightened. He was so quick. He, you know, we couldn't deal with him. But it's, like, it's, it's really interesting sometimes when you get, like, two sets of fans talking about the same situation, you know. So, um I don't know. <laughs> we're football fans. That's what we like.
0: I think that is a good place to finish it. um Robbie. Thanks very much for your time. Lizzie, thank thank you for your time. Thank you. Cheers, Danny. Thanks to Deo Adene for the editing and Adam Vesey for production here at Cake in the HKX building at St Pancras. Until next time, goodbye. The
3: Line, where
0: sport meets the marketing business.